0: This is Reggie Ponder, The Real Critic, and I'm here with Elegance Bratton to talk about his new movie, um, The Inspection. And, Elegance, um, on the surface, this is a movie, it seems like it's a movie about a gay man in the military, but it's really more than that. Can you talk, can you speak to that? Sure.
1: Um, I was homeless from the time I was 16 to 25 years old. My mother kicked me out of the house for being gay. And I started my adult life really believing that I was worthless until I joined the Marine Corps. And I was fortunate enough to have a drill instructor tell me that, you know what, your life is important. Your life is valuable because you have a responsibility to protect the Marine to your left and your right. And it was the first time in my life that anyone had told me that, that that my life had value. And I ran with it all the way to this moment right here. Um, This is why I made the movie. Uh, The country is super polarized at the moment. Republican versus Democrat, male versus female, Democrat, I'm sorry, um, gay versus straight. And the Marine Corps is where I learned how to talk to people across difference. It's the place where I formed some of the most meaningful bonds with folks who are just so just totally opposite of where I'm from. And I wanted to let people know, like anybody out there, if you've ever felt oppressed, if you've ever felt ignored, downtrodden, by the end of watching this movie, I want you to know that you are enough and that you matter because of that responsibility to protect the person to your left and your right.
0: It's really interesting to hear you talk about how one person said that your life was meaningful. And, and, and a lot of times people don't, don't really feel that. But I actually feel that just from talking to you here. What, what do you mean? That, that your life is meaningful. The way in which that the person's impact on you was, was so more than important almost that the, when you're saying you've never heard that before.
1: Yeah, that impact on me was, it's, it's formative. You know, I went from being, you know, homeless to this moment now, really based off of that one conversation, because I don't know, when you grow up abused, very often you think it's your fault, everything that happens to you is your fault, that you've done, that you could be doing something different, you could have been a different way and it wouldn't have happened. And that feeling can leave you to be, like, really blaming yourself and, and angry. And um, when I got to the Marine Corps, I was given an opportunity. Like I, I grew up my whole life getting my ass kicked. And the Marines gave me the chance to learn how to defend myself. And that was really empowering.
0: But, but not just defend yourself physically, right?
1: Well, yeah, not just physically, but also, like, I was the type of gay kid. First of all, my name is Elegance. Pretty much every room I've ever walked in in my life, everyone's assumed that I'm gay. And they were right, (laughs) you know? So, right off the bat, I wasn't the kid that people invited to fix the car. I wasn't the boy that other men wanted to play catch with. I was kind of an outsider to masculinity and masculine culture, and... There's a real currency to that in the world of men learn how to work with each other, playing sports together and doing all these things that I wasn't invited to do. When I joined the Marine Corps, I finally found a team of men that could not deny me. Because if you if you cut me out of this, then you might be sacrificing your ability to make the mission and we're all going to be in the same trouble.
0: But 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 it wasn't as if I mean you showed us in, in the in the film it wasn't as if everybody was like oh elegance come on in here we love you elegance and it it it, it was through some trials to to actually get there
1: yeah I mean I think that uh, this whole movie the inspection which you'll see is a whole platoon of men who are giving the impossible who are given the impossible task of being the perfect Marine, which is to be the perfect man. And when the lead character, Ellis French, goes to boot camp, he thinks that he's the only one that can't live up to the inspection. As the story goes on, he discovers that he's not alone, which I think is one of the most powerful things you can discover as a human being, is that you're not alone. So yeah, you know, when it comes down to it, black gay men we're not promised an easy path in this world. One out of two of us will be HIV positive in their lifetimes. We're eight times more likely to commit suicide. Eight times more likely to be homeless. You're going go to you're gonna have to go through hell to be yourself in this world. So it was important to me to show a character who went through hell and in the process discovered that what he thought were his weaknesses are actually his superpowers
0: and that the real
1: source of strength in this world is forgiveness.
0: Wow. Well, I, I, I felt this movie. And I felt this movie in a way that when I left, um, it, it, was, it was more than just sympathy for, for, for your character. Um, t- talk about the, the acting in this one and, and, and what you saw on the screen. Wow. I mean... I was very relieved (laughs) when
1: I saw the final cut because you know you're in the middle of shooting the movie, so you just it's you you feel it's good in your bones. Jeremy, Gabby, Raul, and Bokeem, and the whole cast and crew, and we would have moments where we'd be like, "Wow, I think that was good," but you never really know until you get into the edit room. So watching it back for the first time, I was like, "All right." I made my first movie. I did it, you know? I guess I could tell you a story on set of, like, how... Just to give you an idea of what it was like for me to direct the actor. So, I remember, like, early on in the process... I mean, first of all, we were promised 23 days, but we shot in the summer in Mississippi. It was biblically hot. It, it was, like, just crazy. And we also had COVID to deal with. We got shut down because of COVID. So, we ended up shooting the whole movie in 19 days. Right? So... I say that to say as a preface when we're talking about the actor's performance, this is like literally like you know uh, like f- fish in a frying pan. Do you know what I'm saying? It's hot. It, things are moving fast. There's there's the, the whole world is shrinking under your feet while you're making the movie. So one day we're on the rifle range very early in the production, and I'm huddled with Jeremy, and that's how I give notes to actors. I huddle. I don't really like to say things out loud for everyone to hear. And I remember looking at him, and I'm like. Oh man, I did it! I found this love language. I I can direct. I'm good at this. I got this. So I walk back to the video village, confident. Like yeah, I got this. I'm a director. Yeah, tell me. Don't tell me nothing. And then I hear, "Hey elegance, hey elegance, hey elegance." I turn around, and all ten of the actors have their hands up because it's an ensemble piece. And I'm like, oh snap. I got to have this level of clarity with all of these fools. <laughs> it can't just be Jeremy. I gotta, everybody's got to be this clear. I'm like, all right, all right. So I huddle with all my actors, and we got. I got back again. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm in it. I'm good. I'm good. I got this. And then as I'm walking back to the video village, Lachlan Mill, my cinematographer, has his hand up. The production designer has their hand up. The costume designer has his hand up, right? And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, man, wait. Not only do I have to have this level of clarity with the actors, But I have to have this level of clarity with everybody working on set, too, to set it up. So that's really what it was for me, was a constant learning process and just adjusting the sites and understanding that just the power of collaboration and clear communication.
0: So so the first thought is, the first question that, that I have after you telling me this is this whole issue of the first, you're going to tell your story. But then the second issue that you're going to direct your story. Where did the strength of your past give you the strength to do this? Uh,
1: my, my good buddy, Zach Vargas Sullivan, who's an executive at A24, he always, and, and my husband, Chester. Well, uh, let me start with my husband, Chester, actually. You know, um, I wrote three scripts in my third year of film school, um, I just sold a TV show. To uh, my house, called my house to Viceland Land, and I had a little bit of money for the first time in my life, and I'm like, okay, I'm never gonna be this stable again. Let me write some movies right now, and I wrote the inspection, and I went to my husband Chester, and I was like, Chester, which which one should I do? And he was like, you have your job, which you do best. You take the audience to places that they can't ever go without you. You need to tell a story that is really personal, and you need to be vulnerable you need to do the inspection. So when you ask about the strength to tell this story, I gotta bring up Bay, cause Bay held me down and pushed me and would not allow me to walk away from this. And cause it was, it's a lot to, for me to excavate this moment in my life. And, and my husband believed that I was strong enough to do it before I did. Um, So I'm great, I, you know, I'm happy I married the right one, (laughs) you know? (laughs) <laughs> that being said, um, yeah, I would joke, my, my buddy Zach would joke with me a lot because whenever he, you know, the biblical levels of challenges and obstacles that took place to get this movie to print, whenever it would happen, I would say to him, well, you know, I was homeless for 10 years. I've been through way worse than this. I was a Marine. I've been through way worse than this. You know, if there's anything I can hope that people get from this movie is that you know I don't want to I don't I'm not trying to prop up trauma as some sort of like special thing but every human being goes through trauma and once you've gone through it you've now gained the strength from going through it whether you realize it or not so there was a lot of strength I didn't know I had until I got into this film and I'm like okay man I've got a lot of endurance I can do this
0: I'm so glad you brought this issue of trauma, because when I when I left the movie, I said it had a lot of trauma in it, but it also had a beauty in it. Thank you.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is a movie that's all about like the incredibly complicated and messy ways that individuals interact with institutions and in one another. And, you know, the funny thing about being in boot camp, it's kind of like summer camp jail and a fraternity all wrapped up in one thing and when you don't have nowhere to go the things that would make you cry so all of a sudden make you laugh right the, th- the things that annoy you about a person like i can't stand the way he chooses food by the end of the, the six month deployment, all you could think about is man i missed the way he chooses his food and you just laugh about it you know at a certain point the When you have nowhere to go, you either are laughing or you're crying, and I think laughter is like healing. So I really tried to find a way to just exalt in the beautiful complexity of the human spirit. Sometimes things are funny, sometimes things are tragic, sometimes things are traumatic, but it's all wonderfully human.
0: And sometimes things are hopeful. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, this is. I mean, this is the thing. It's like I'm an optimistic person. I believe. You know. You know, I'm not—first of all, I think patriotism has been co-opted by the right, and that's a problem. The U.S. military, quiet as it's kept, is one of the most progressive institutions in the history of the United States. There could be no civil rights movement without black folks enlisting in the military, buying houses, going to college. It just would not have happened the same way. So, you know— and the military is the first place that has allowed men and women to serve together, first place to pay them equally. So, you know, in that regard, this is not all bad. Like there's, there's still hope in this little hunk of earth called the United States. Where else on God's green earth could a formerly homeless black gay man end up directing a movie with people like Jeremy Pope and Gabrielle Union and Bokeem Woodbine in it? So that that
0: that leads right into the next thing talk about your actors cuz I asked you what you thought about it on screen but tell me t- tell me something about your actors okay um well bokeem is first of all oh but be, but let me say something when you before you even get to bokeem those scenes with bokeem and jeremy were so riveting so w- w- i don't know what you were about to say but i just want to say uh, the chemistry between the two thank you i mean well bokeem anybody
1: who likes film in the last 30 40 years knows bokeem is a capital a actor he is as talented as anybody that does work in this business um And as a person, he's a gentleman, like a refined gentleman. Like his coat costs more than our camera. You know what I'm saying? And it's tailored to within an inch of its life. Like this man is like uh, refined, you know? Um, Jeremy, I call it the Kate Blanchett test, which is, can you just be in a scene in front of the camera by yourself processing what's happened before Considering what's happening next, and can the audience stay with you? And if you can do it, you pass the Kate Blanchett test. To me, Jeremy passes that test. Gabrielle, she's an activist, she's a superstar, she's an artist, and she really brought all of that to the table for this film. She's also a producer on the film. So, and then, you know, with her, it's a lot to put on an actress's shoulders to say, hey, I wrote this character based off of my mom. You got to live up to it. Not only did she take that on, but she threw herself, like an activist does, headfirst into the work. She never, ever sought refuge from my grief over losing my mom. She never sought refuge from the incredible kind of like 180 she has to do as a human being to be able to portray this character and i just and she and she brought all of this to set she i mean there were moments on set where i would be like you know cuz it's still new to me so i would have like you know two cameras up and i'm trying to figure out like how do wait what am i doing here how is this going to work and she's like what she needs is me to do this right and i'm like right of course a woman who's done, like, 100 movies knows where she's supposed to be, you know? And stuff like that. And finally with Raul Castillo, he's... He gives me, I honestly feel like he's like our generation's Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando is one of my favorite screen actors of all time. He's got his, his fiance Alexis, she calls him the tiger bear in that he's got the ferocity of a tiger but the cuddliness of a bear. And I think that sums him up perfectly. He's got this austerity but he has the ability to nurture as well, believably as well. And I, and I, and I loved having those two qualities juxtaposed against one another in the arc of his relationship with French.
0: Well, I want to just say thank you for sharing your time with us. Uh, I, I do want to ask you now from being director, from being all the other parts of you that you were in this film, for you to now be advertising agent and tell people why they should come and see this film.
1: Well, the first thing you should come to see this film for is that this is, this is gay, black, rocky. You're going to leave this theater affirmed and the, pow- the power that you have within to change your life and to change the world around you. You will walk out feeling 10 feet tall. Secondly, this is a theatrical experience. Sure, if you wanna wait till it gets on streaming, you can do that. I'm not, I, can't, I can't control what people do, but I promise you, these visuals were built for the big screen. This soundtrack, this score is built for that big theater and you will have a full sensory experience watching this movie in a theater well worth the trip and i guess the last thing i'll say is funny this movie's funny as hell you think like people think put you put black and gay in a log line and people are like oh my god i'm gonna cry the whole time is this the negro broke back mountain nah this is a funny ass movie (laughs) You'll laugh.
0: (laughs) I was trying not to laugh. I was trying not to. Thank you so much, Elegance. I really appreciate
1: it. Thank you, everybody, and thank you for, for hearing me out. Thank you for making time for me. I appreciate you.